Kool-Aid drinkers, Big Z here. I hope everybody had a great holiday, great 4th of July. Now that we're past all that, the NFL season is going to be ramping up real soon. This will be one of our shorter episodes, not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> not much going on. Everybody in NFL is on vacation pretty much. But no worries. Training camp right around the corner. The NFL season seven Sundays away. I might mention that in the podcast once or twice. <laughs> But thank you, everybody, for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And now sit back, relax, grab your Kool-Aid. It's time for the pod. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back after celebrating America's birthday. And we have just some small topics to talk about. Um, but let's before we get to all that, we now have the full blue Kool-Aid crew here recharged after a holiday. I'm um, ready to talk a little bit about Lions football here. So we got UJ. Hello, everyone. Bob. God bless America. Rudd Dog. Yo. And Connor. Hey. And I'm Big Z. So, gentlemen, uh, first of all, did you guys all have a good holiday? Yeah, yeah. it was great. Oh yes. yeah, ate like yes. four thousand calories. It was fantastic. Oh yeah, not not as much mm-hmm. as um uh, Joey Chestnut. Right? <laughs> that guy yeah. wins. I, they were comparing like his championship belts to like yeah. uh, Federer, he's, Djokovic, like all these. He's the most champions. dominant American athlete in history. I think you'd have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing how that guy just wins it every year. But um, <laughs> anyways, uh. Getting down to Lions football, I mean, I don't know if you guys have like gone to any of these the sites or anything like that. There, there's like no news out there right now. I mean, all these this is literally the most the, the biggest dead period in NFL every year. Uh, all these guys are on the vacation. There is no news whatsoever. But that doesn't mean we don't have anything to talk about. And I wanted to first start off um, our podcast here. This, this will probably be a shorter one than usual, but. Something that's just been in a debate for us in our text thread the last few weeks. So I want to bring it out here uh, for the listeners as well. And that's just a debate about Matt Stafford. Um, and just should we be rooting for this guy or should we be rooting for against him? Uh, or what? Or where's like the safe space there as a Detroit Lions fan? And I feel like we're going to have some debate here. I know we've already talked about it briefly, but not like as upfront about it uh, as a topic. So, yeah, Bob, yeah, you can take it first. Well, as you guys know, I went to Vegas. <laughs> I put my uh, MVP bet on Matthew Stafford because uh, he's a great player. What was his odds? Do you remember? Loved watching him. I can still root for him. I mean, except except when he plays. I might the have Lions. the bet slip um, still. Let me see if I can find it. I, I, don't know. I also <laughs> bet on Stafford MVP in Vegas at the Bellagio. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, got the. So why you look that up, UJ and a uh, Rudd Dog? I think you guys had a. Uh, a few comments about this uh, this bet he made. Well, you know, I was actually questioning his loyalty, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I think we've stated many ways, I don't know, up and down, that Stafford's probably my favorite player in the last 10 years or so. Most fun guy to watch in football. And I'm going to be watching him, too, as he goes on with the Rams. But uh, uh, for some reason, Connor and Bob, their love of Stafford is much, much deeper, much seemingly. And anything even remotely anti-savory in the slightest sense, or somehow, you know, somehow we are haters now. We're haters. Now they're buying betting slips on him winning the MVP against our own guy. He's it's not our guy anymore. By the way. You know, I mean, anyway, 
I just I was questioning his loyalties. I really was, you know. So well, when yeah. I make a bunch of money and you don't make a bunch of money, then I'll I'll buy you a drink. How about that? With my sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I just don't I just don't get the irrational hate against Stafford. Like you guys don't have anything against Gallagher. You call it or, hate. Uh, anybody you else it's hate. Stafford it's shows. Hate. It's like, there is no hate. I think. How is many what times do I have to say, say he's well, the best player no. in this team for the last? But like, no. yeah, no. Talk about Rudd Dog. Well, Rudd Dog is a totally. Yeah, I you don't think he's hate Stafford, but straight out hate, so. I yeah. I mean, it's it's a yeah. fitting word though. Traders pretty I mean, strong word. You know, maybe it's a little strong, but it, I find it fitting. He he chose to leave. That's the difference between Galladay and others. He didn't. He's a rare type of player that had a chance to stick around and make his legacy a Detroit Lion. Retires a Detroit Lion. He chose to leave. He abandoned his mission. He left. Galladay. What do you think about Calvin Johnson? What do you think about Calvin Johnson? Rod Dog. What do you think about Calvin Johnson? Because he yeah, he chose to retire instead of play uh, for the Lions. Basically, he he said as much. He said he, he if the Lions would he asked for a trade, they yeah. denied it, so he retired. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I don't feel too great about him either. And he's been mouthing yeah. off against the Lions and stuff. So I mean, I mean, I I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing them repair relationships, but I don't really care. Uh, like Barry left because the team just wasn't going to be great. It That's was never going to achieve left. what he wanted to. No, he didn't. And he also Kelvin left abruptly, by the wanted way. wanted to go elsewhere. Kelvin tried well, to push them into a corner to trade him, and then they just called it bluff and let him retire, and they didn't let him release his contract. Barry left because he was done wasting his body in the sport and for a team that wasn't going to win, but he didn't try to go play for other teams. He, he loved the Lions, and he just... He just saw the the writing on the wall. Staff Stafford and Calvin they they just wanted to see greener pastures. They just you know they didn't have that Jordan mentality of making the Lions great. They went Jordan elsewhere. Jordan mentality. Get rid of. Yeah, yeah. They gave Stafford a stack. Yeah, Jordan years. never got help. Yeah. Notoriously, never he got help with any of those rings. <laughs> Connor, I think you're trying to say something else there, too. Uh, What were you trying to say before? Oh, the odds I saw were plus 1,800 if you didn't get that. Oh, 18 to 1? 18 to 1 on Stafford? Yeah, so I'll be rich um, pretty soon. Um, (laughs) Uh, Stafford also was – ESPN came out with their rankings, and they never put Stafford in the top 10 before. But now he gets traded to the Rams, and now he's ranked number six on their uh, yeah. like best well, quarterbacks in the NFL yeah. all of a sudden. I can't like, wait to see Goff pull off the MVP this year. Oh, don't get me wrong. I would prefer wrong. if Goff won MVP, but rooting for Stafford to do well when he's oh, given yeah. so much to this team and City, I don't think is bad. Like I, I think you can still love Stafford and love the Lions. It's not one or the other. So... Some people, I don't know what the Kool Aid is over there. What they're maybe they're smoking the Kool Aid, brother. Know, but uh, I think you can root for Stafford just fine. <laughs> it'll it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens uh, with him over there for sure. I, I'm if you're asking where I'm at, I mean I I can't hate him either. I I I, uh, I have like a slight soft spot for the Rams only because my brother, uh, my twin brother roots for them uh so as long as they're not playing the lions i'm usually and they don't affect like uh the lions like playoff rankings or anything like that i don't have any problem i don't hate uh, stafford either by the way it's more like indifference now that seems a little the way you phrase it rud dog does sound a little more than indifference for sure (laughs) 
I mean, I don't always bring them up. Usually, it's you guys bringing up how you're betting on them and investing in them and rooting for them. You don't totally love him. With the Super Bowl, the Lions. No, you literally call him a traitor. That's different than just saying, "Oh, I don't care anymore." That that's different. Yeah, Yeah. but (laughs) he's a traitor. I just don't care about him and his future. If he does well, great for him. I don't care. (laughs) I'm not going to root for him. I'm not going to root against him. I don't care. I might root against the Rams though, just because they'll give us a really high draft pick if they were to do bad. Good point. But uh, that is the other aspect of that for sure. Uh, The draft pick aspect. If you're hoping to get but, a top um, ten pick from the Rams, you're you're in for a surprise because I don't think it'll happen. I hope they go zero and seventeen, and they're the first team to go zero and seventeen, and we get the number one overall pick. That's what I hope. <laughs> That'd be sweet, but it won't happen. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you just wait but, for that. Uh, You'll, can't you, can't you root for them? Man, can't you root for the Rams? And they're playing the Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings this year. You can root for them whenever yeah. you want. I'm asking you. Be... I'm not asking what I because I will be. I'll root for the you Rams. Just ask if those you can. Teams. I said you can root for them if you want, but I just won't be. So you root for the so Bears to win against win. the Rams. I don't really generally root in other games anyway. I just root for the Lions. <laughs> yeah. So you not care what yeah, the Lions? I want to see the, the Lions win on their own. So you're fine. I don't care that much about what other teams are doing. You just don't care if they win 15. Yeah, if the Lions win 17, it'll be great. All right, we don't need to continue that uh, nonsensical. Yeah, some strange. All right, so let's move on now. Uh, uh, UJ, I'm sorry, Uh, you wanted to bring up a certain article, and we're going to respond to it here. Uh, So I don't know if this is a new segment where we uh, help the media drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, I kind of like it actually. I kind of like it, Uh, but and we can bring us. (laughs) We mentioned him on this a lot, probably this podcast, probably too much. But Carlos Monterez, we could probably do this with every article oh, he writes almost. Oh, he's God. the worst. But uh, this is not a Carlos Monterez article. This is uh, from yeah. Pride of Detroit, right, UJ? Yeah. Is, explain to us. That is correct. Yeah, I'll explain article. it to you. A few days ago, you know, I, I try to keep up on Lions News, and I go through a lot of the sites. Uh, Pride of Detroit is one of the sites I check out. And this guy named Mike Payton from the Pride, he, he wrote an article titled, Five Reasons Why Detroit Lions Fans Shouldn't Have Hope in 2021. I said, <laughs> Wow, that is so anti the blue Kool-Aid, okay? I'm sorry. That's just not hopeful at all. There's no optimism in that article. I saw it. Yeah, Packers. So I'm just going to sh- read his points, and, I, and we can all comment here. And uh, there's five points. It's, it's not that very long, but uh, I'll start from the beginning. His first point is you knew what you were getting into. In other words, Let's just start right here. This is a rebuild. We all knew what to expect when the Lions went scorched earth on the front office, coaching staff, and the roster when the season started. It's okay to have hope, but the hope isn't for 2021. It's for 2023 and beyond. So if your first instinct about this season is that the team wasn't going to be very good, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Stick with that instinct. Now, to me, there's, there's absolutely no hope in that statement at all. And, and I think he's not giving any credit to anything in this team. So, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? This current team, right? Yeah. The, he's saying the future. So, in other words. Which is a lot of people are saying. This is not a new take on the Lions no, this year in but the this general is media. Point number one, why we should not have hope. So, do you guys agree with that? No. I say he needs to drink some damn Kool-Aid. Well, well I mean. <laughs> Retool. Retool. I mean, we did lose our. 
Yeah. We lost yeah. our two top receivers and our and a, uh, first round quarterback. You know, we lost Marvin yeah. Jones has been getting a lot of love in the media so, too. Yeah. As like an under, I, I'd say the, uh, high underrated player. So I mean, like, why is he trying, underrated? Why is he trying to they all get love after they leave? Oh. Yeah, right. They why all get love to, after they leave. Yeah, that's true. Why is he trying to knock our hopes down now before training camp even starts? Okay. Anyway, that, that kind of sounds like a miserable. I'll tell him being. to watch one Dan Campbell interview, and he'll ch- hopefully yeah. he, he's changed his mind or listen to him when he goes to sleep. Like, yeah, uh, there like, you as go. He falls asleep. Yeah. Like, listen to Dan Campbell interviews Brother. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. The press conferences alone will make this year worth it. We yeah. could go zero and seventeen, and the press conferences will just be fantastic. Oh yeah, I'd say he needs to learn the definition of hope. Usually, hope implies that. You know, you don't necessarily have the best odds. Like you, when you have to hold out hope, like how, why would we just forsake hope? That's just that's oh, so negative and pessimistic. It's like when you go into the going to the theater. Oh, and it never is. Erroneous. It has something to do with that sign on their training facility. It says, "Abandon all hope, ye who enter." That <laughs> 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 doesn't really say. But okay, point number two. All right. The defense right. <laughs> did not really improve. The Lions had oh, the worst defense sick. last year. Uh, now that the defensive genius isn't here anymore, it can only get worse, right? Joking. But the reality <laughs> is that this defense, as bad as it was, didn't really do much to improve their standing right away. They did some work with the D-line, and that should help, but their linebacking core still has a ton of questions, as their secondary does too. Ultimately, the question is, how much of Detroit's poor defense is due to bad coaching? There's some thought, this is my thought too, is that the right coaching could change these guys into a better defense. There may be some validity to that, but the truth of the matter is that their personnel in this defense is nowhere near it needs to be. So, I think the the counter to that is that you literally could yeah. not be worse than our defense last year. Yeah, that was my first thought too. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be much worse than what we were. So we can yeah. only go up. <laughs> we can literally only go up. So, so I disagree with point two. Well, I mean, yeah. And I, I think I agree with you with the coaching. I, I think that's going to make a big difference right there. I mean, you're not going to have these guys out uh, with no yeah, linebackers with no speed. Uh, we have a little more speed, hopefully, at the come. linebacker position this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, we added some blue chip talent on the defensive line, right, at yeah. least physically. I mean, I, I think that to ignore like Anzarike as a as a, a major addition is kind of silly. And Brockers. And supposedly they're going to be more flexible into what works for the players yeah. that we have, and not just trying to get a system and forcing these yeah. players into it. So we'll I see mean, what I mean, actually what, happens. I think that's, the biggest difference we'll see is that, uh, I, you know, I have you know great hope for a better defense. Lions are like the Patriots and others like relying on man coverage so much. I, I think that's going to go away a lot more, and th- those outside guys are going to get a lot more help. Okuda won't be on an island constantly, especially yeah. Uh, especially as a rookie cornerback. Uh, yeah. And a healthy Okuda this right. year is another plus because he was right. injured. Right. Kind of but, I mean, when you're even, playing man coverage year, like so. 70% of the time or more and you have one of the worst pass r- consistent pass rushes in the league, especially up the middle, uh, it, that is a recipe for complete disaster. I, so I, I, I think they improved the D-line enough. And going to change up the defense on uh, the back end to where it, like Connor said, only can go up. Yeah. Not to mention their almost unwillingness to blitz in Patricia's era. So, I mean, that, I think we're going to be more aggressive in our mentality, too. 
Yeah, which, so I think the bottom line difference. Mike Payton's uh, comment that the defense didn't really improve is bullshit. And I think uh, he was just trying to raise the ire of fans, which he did. So <laughs> I think he's wrong on that. Okay, his other point, third point. <laughs> All right, point number three, right? Point number three, tons of unproven talent on offense. Okay. Uh, mm. In his article, he says, when I talked last week about players having something to prove, I was mostly referring to the receiving court. Easy to pick on this court. Rashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams, and the company are all guys that have been trying to show that they belong for the last half decade, but to no avail. Yes, this is their prime chance to show what they can do, the amount of targets they'll get, but that doesn't mean they're going to flip those targets and do success. The only evidence we currently have tells us they probably won't. With that in mind, the Lions offense could wind up struggling quite a bit in 2021 with no receiving aid. On top of that, the receiving corp struggles that will certainly impact Jared Goff. If the receiving game is bad and Jared Goff looks bad because of it, does that suddenly change the course of the Lions rebuild? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, so, so this one, well, if you can yeah. tell that the wide receivers aren't, aren't doing good and it's really the big reason why things aren't working out, I don't think they're going to pin that all on Goff. No, but if things aren't going great, I don't think Goff's going to be the answer. I think he's on kind of a prove it two years here. Yeah, well, this well, is, yeah, he's definitely on a prove it two years. That, that's oh, his yeah, contract. No doubt uh, about it. But stipulates. I, yeah. I think this at this one point he might have a little bit of a point. Here. Okay, I'm gonna give him a little. I I would well, agree. I think he's Huge. got a point on. <laughs> he's got that's a point not the on segment. all of this. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, the wide receivers, yeah, they're all on one year deals. It, yeah. I mean, it definitely is prove it. Um, it, it. The question is, do you believe in the scheme that Anthony Lynn's going to put together for golf here? Um, you know, but yeah, I think yeah. I think Hawk's mm-hmm. going to be a big focus and Swift, you know, those guys are already good. So, and according to Rudd Dog, if he makes the roster this year, so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, right. wide receiver, exactly. I think, is one of the more it's kind of like running back, I think, to a degree where it's more interchangeable of a position than some of these other ones in the NFL, uh, where you can plug and play guys because there's so many similar skill sets out there nowadays, especially wide receiver, just with the development, um, from you know, high school on, really, there's just yeah. so much more coaching and tape and. Every, uh, training and everything out there it's been available compared to maybe you know 20 years ago say so i think it's a little more interchangeable and that i still think it'll be more in golf than the receivers uh at the end of the day uh what what happens with the offense yeah golf in the running game i would i would throw that in there too because if we have success there i think our passing game will, will be okay with these receivers right and they're they're putting yeah. a, if sewell lives up to it and we can fix uh you know, if Big V can play good at right guard, if that right side of the line, if, if that lives up to the potential we think it could, then I think, you know, Goff should have more than enough time to throw the ball and find uh, one of these guys to be open. And if he's not, and he's if he's getting the time and not finding him, then we got bigger issues. Yeah. Not we- to mention, they all these guys came in with bringing one thing we have been lacking, and that's speed. I mean, I know that speed's not everything, but I can... I, if you got to cover these guys going deep a lot on a, a, a serious play action threat, then I think, you know, that'll really make it hard to cover them. 
And right. Perriman yeah. has his father's yeah. legacy to live up yeah. to. So I like that. That's going to be interesting. So uh, in regards to this point, yeah. he's basically wrong again, too. Uh, <laughs> this is point number four, right? Yeah, so point number four, the NFC is stacked, and this schedule is rough. We're in year two of the extra wild card spot. The Lions are still in a very tough conference. It just keeps getting tougher. The Buccaneers are going to be really good again. The Rams might be a team that can go all the way. And the Seahawks are always good. And y'all know Aaron Rodgers' hubbub will end with him quarterbacking the Packers in the NFC title north again, or north title again. Don't sleep on the up-and-comers like the Cardinals and the Giants. Not only will the Lions have to contend for the postseason against some good teams, they will have to directly play some of the best projected teams in 2021. No matter how you slice it, the Lions' schedule is among the toughest in the NFL. In all, the Lions have nine games against teams that went to the playoffs last year. Things could get bad in a hurry for this team. So what do we think of that? I, I That is one of my least favorite arguments, and you hear it all the time, like projected – strength of schedule toughness yeah the, the these teams change so much from one year to the next you just don't know it yeah and you're basing strength of schedule off what happened last year and there's just so much change that happens year year to year you know like i think the minnesota twins were like one of the favorites to win the world series this year in, yeah. in uh, major league baseball and now they're in last place in their division so yeah. basing something off last year i i don't think is uh sound and i think that's a pretty poor argument i think this guy just wanted to get to the magic number five and yeah he came up with that reason this is a clickbait article that's, uh, bs that's what the yeah. internet is these days you just make some outrageous opinion it gets a million retweets out of anger but then you get paid so that's what this was <laughs> you got a point yeah, there well he, he wins the minor as award for irkin fans <laughs> yeah i mean what do you guys think about our schedule? do you think it's tougher than any other year or i, I don't think so yeah, i think I every think so. nfl team is tough to yeah. play every week I don't it's, care who it is. Yeah. Yeah. That that whole argument, I'm, I agree with you, Z, that it gets a little ridiculous because yeah, they're all NFL teams you got to play. I mean, the, this whole, like, oh, they have such an easy schedule or hard schedule. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, I think way. what the Colts go 11-5 and five last year and made the playoffs and almost beat the Bills on the road, and th- they lost week one to a 1-15 Jaguars team. So. Yeah. I mean – I mean, right. really, from from the best team to the worst team, there, yeah, there's really not enough. that much of a difference in regards to overall talent and things like that. I mean, you're playing big, nasty, tough, fast dudes in every team, so just some are better coach, and maybe some do have a little more talent. All, but yeah, it's I, I don't like. Would the you say the eight. same about the zero and sixteen Lions though, yeah. against a lot? Well, of that teams was one of the few exceptions. <laughs> Even them. <laughs> Even then, we had a couple few uh, close games against decent teams. Hey. so. They yeah, got one stolen enough. from the refs that year against Minnesota. So. Still holding a grudge, eh, Bob? I mean, on that one. <laughs> this, this is his weakest yeah. argument. I, I'd say the thing is all his points aren't all that inaccurate. He brought up the issues that this team's going to have to overcome. This is the weakest argument of all five, in my opinion. But really, all he did was bring up the issues and then take the most negative possible stance on them. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like he brings up the receivers and it's just like, Oh, they're going to be terrible because none of them are proven. Like and none of that matters until the, you know, the rubber hits the road. That's what hope's all about. You hope this thing works out. This is, this is a trash article. Connor nailed it. Yeah. Okay. On to point right, five. Number five. This is last DJ, point. The last one. I thought that was just to remind you that four. count. Just, just to remind you point one was you, you knew what you were getting into. Point two was the defense did not improve. Uh, bullshit. Tons of uh, number three was tons of unproven talent. Weak argument. 
Uh, the NFC is stacked and his schedule is rough. Horrible argument. And then point five, the coaching staff is green. He says, I love this coaching staff. I know you do too. Speaking personally, I think this group is something special and the Lions are on their way. But to quote the great Stone Cold Steve Lawson, these guys are greener than goose shit. These guys are all pretty much new to the job outside of Anthony Lynn. This is Dan Campbell's first full-time head coaching job. Mark Brunel was a high school coach last year. Aaron Glenn has only coached defensive backs and so on. There are going to be some hiccups and growing pains, and those will probably be most apparent in 2021. The good news on this front is that the Lions do have guys like Dom Capers, Hank Fraley, and the already mentioned Anthony Lynn on the staff. Their knowledge and experience is going to really come in handy when it comes to the future of this team. Just don't expect top-tier results out of the gate. So that's just point five. What do you think? Hmm. You know, I, I, I understand. I guess I understand what he's trying yeah. to say, but he also slightly contradicts himself at the end. I think, but um, I mean, Aaron Glenn, he's been in the league for fifteen years. Yeah. Uh, had an immense amount of success with the New Orleans Saints. Sought out by you know four or five teams to be their defense coordinator. So it's not like he wasn't wanted by other teams for the position or people that around the league didn't think he was ready. The guy is clearly ready. He's done, done paid more than his dues. I don't think he would be a defensive coordinator if people didn't think he was ready to take on the challenge immediately. So I, I don't agree with that uh, at all. It's not like he's been around like three, like he's not like a Kyle Shanahan or something like that. He really, or Sean McVay, even like a really young guy that hasn't been around that long. This guy's been around a really long time. Um, I do Staley. He he had a big role yeah. with Philadelphia. He's asking for a slightly bigger one. That's why he came to Detroit. Uh, I mean, and then like you said, they have these older guys here to help them too. Uh, so I, that's why I think he's like contradict himself. Like say worry about the the coaches, but then don't worry about them at the same time. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, anytime you hire new right. coaches, that's that applies to any team. I mean, and you you. T- and as far as like being a great coach, like you say, McVay, I mean, you could be a young coach, your inexperience right. is still have good results. You know, I guess his arguments just don't expect kind of top tier results out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, he he does say yeah. he's positive on the staff, which uh, I think we all are. It's very yeah, exactly. It's kind of wishy washy argument. Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> don't expect it. it. I think it'd be great, great, but don't expect it. Like okay. greener than oh, goose shit, really I think is is not accurate. <laughs> you you can argue that for their maybe respective positions on the staff a lot of them have you know been promoted to, to from their previous stations but this is probably one of the most they're new to their positions maybe but they're far like everyone on the staff is far from new to the game this is probably one of the most experienced staffs in the league yeah. including time playing in the league like almost every guy on the staff so i mean yeah, there might be growing pains, but to say that they're just completely green, I think you're you're missing a lot of factors there. Not to mention, like Z said, all the actual experience at certain positions. Yeah, and Mark Brunell played 15 years in the league. Yeah. I mean, Kellen Moore, what do you it's... play four or five, and then and then two years later, after he you know hangs it up and he's Dallas Dallas's offense coordinator. I, I don't I didn't hear that argument uh, from anybody uh, when he got hired to be offense coordinator. So I, that's why I don't Randall like L. I, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of these arguments yeah. I don't I don't really like uh, here, UJ. So this yeah. guy, they're more it's more greener than like a pea puree, <laughs> ripe avocado. Yeah, so, I like but, it, Bob. I like it. I, I think we all agree that Mike Payton was just trying to rile people up in this article here. 
Yeah. And it's someone should send suicide watch to his house. This guy's got bad thoughts. In his well, you know head. what? I don't know if he'll hear our podcast or not, but I, I challenge Mike Payton of uh, Friday Detroit to write an article, the five reasons why Detroit Lions should be very hopeful about 2021. And let's see what he can come up with that way. It's easy to pick on some of our weaknesses. Yeah, but we're working on it. I mean, it's easy to do that, man. Yeah. Come up with five reasons why Mike Payton's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Zing. That was a good one. Man, woo. He's been got. <laughs> he, well, we, we encourage him to drink the blue Kool-Aid, yeah. as we do to all the listeners uh, of this podcast as well. And we know that they do. We know that they do. And if you aren't for some reason, maybe you're having a down week, drink some blue Kool-Aid. Everything will be just fine. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's going to be flowing in yeah. board field this year. Yeah, Paul baby. Cassidy, they announced That'll this be great. This, this, the 12th so, man, right? Be back, back in business. Fans. I think the fans are going to yeah, be. Yeah, that'll be great. I think they're going to be jacked this great. year, man. I think it's going to be a good year for the, for oh, the fans. Yeah. So. Um, you know, we're, we're getting to your, near the end here a little bit, but did you guys see that? I, we're kind of going full circle, I guess, back to Stafford really quick. Uh, I forgot to mention during that segment. Did you guys see Dan Orlovsky uh, talking about a, a sta- one of his uh, better Stafford stories? Like, yeah, they were watching tape one time. Uh, there's a guy double covered down like the sideline, but he has a, there's a slight like tight window. It take like a perfect throw to make it and complete it. But and it was like 20 plus yards downfield. Meanwhile, there's a guy like a, running a nine yard hook that's wide open. And Dan Orlovsky says during the film session to Stafford, like, why didn't you just hit this nine yard or this guy wide open at nine, nine yards and, and throw it 20 yards? And said he's like, that's. Uh, what well, what was it exactly like? He's like, because ah, I can hit can that throw, and you can, or something like that. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was it. That was it. Thank you. I don't know why I lost it there, but just a great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that'd be cool to be in the room when he said that. My my, I don't think we got quite enough of that was... out of him in the public eye. Really, that kind of uh, cockiness, I guess you could say. My thought when I heard that story can't like, why didn't you try to take keep trying to take the Lions to the Super Bowl? Oh Jesus! Oh, boo. I lost. Oh, I lost God. brain cells listening. Jesus. I didn't know you had any despair. <laughs> wow. Oh, Run oh boy, getting chippy here. Drink some uh, nah, it's all about the future, pass. baby. ACDC, Jared Goff. Let's go. MCDC, yeah, Motor City, Dan Campbell. You said ACDC. I don't know. But anyways, okay. Um, Kool-Aid, baby. Drunk. So let's wrap it up here. Um, Instagram at Drinking the Boo Kool-Aid. Please follow us on there. Twitter at Drinking Lions. Please follow us on either of those social media accounts. We really appreciate it. Twitter or uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Please download. We really appreciate that. And please leave a review if you can. We also highly appreciate that as well good or bad you know whatever you're feeling uh we, we appreciate any comments uh and feedback so we can prove the podcast but thank you everybody for listening it is mid-july which means training camp is right around the corner i i saw a tweet from the red zone guy today it said seven sundays from now i'll be back on your tvs so seven sundays oh, yeah. from now nfl football will be back bye bye so yeah. it's right around the corner seven i mean sums, camp is maybe really like close time, but it's really not <laughs> so yeah, all right. Exactly. Exactly. It's about three weeks away, yeah. two weeks away in some cases. So, yeah, it, it'll be ramping up here very, very soon. We're very, very excited. We're going to be drinking a lot of blue Kool-Aid. 
for sure until that opening kickoff. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And last but not least, as always, go, go, go. go. Siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save